0: What do you do if your dream job doesn't exist yet? Well, if you're anything like my guest today, you go and you create it yourself. On the podcast today, I have Pollyanna Reed, who is an absolute powerhouse of a creative. She not only runs her own ghostwriting agency, but she also mentors and advises millennial women to create their own businesses or side hustles. On top of that, she's also a mental health advocate and public speaker widely known for using clever wit and candor to help young adults see beyond the limits of their circumstances. This has probably been one of my most favorite episodes to date. The amount of insight and clarity that Pollyanna brings to the episode is just fantastic. You are really going to want to tune in to this one. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm but I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into this show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I am here with Pollyanna Reed, and I'm super excited to talk to her today. Welcome to the podcast, Pollyanna. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get to be where you are today?
1: So, I am a millennial woman who has fought for her dreams of one. That's how I love to introduce myself because I am more than my title, and I think it's important for the audience to understand who they are beyond theirs. Um, but I'm widely known as a journalist. I am a senior reporter at Forbes and Business Insider. I am also a public speaker, mental health advocate, and an agency owner. So I run a full-service ghostwriting agency, and um, I am someone who is sought after to help pen books, keynote speeches, public statements, and op-eds for the world's most creative thinkers.
0: Wow. So how did you get to be here from, you know, how did you become a ghostwriter and having all of these amazing accomplishments? I'm I'm honestly a little bit in awe.
1: (laughs) I think that it's important to allow your dreams to evolve, right? At first, um, I was a spoken word uh, poet and then I became an author and then I was a blogger and then I was a songwriter for a few years. And so I've always given myself room and grace to allow those dreams to evolve and not to stay... So I'm stuck on one thing. Um, And as my skills grew and as my perception of the world expanded, I uh, was, I ran into the things that exhilarated me. And so I do think that there are, um, there is a difference between a job and your life assignment. Mm -hmm. And so many of the things that I have experienced were jobs, right? They were great. I was good at them and the money was okay, but it didn't make my heart sing. And it wasn't until 2014 where I stumbled across an article about a ghostwriter and I kind of put it in my memory bank and I was like, you know what, I'm going to revisit this because I also believe in trusting the timing of your life, not jumping on every shiny object that is before you. And so what the audience should also know is, you know, I didn't go to school for journalism or professional writing, English or communications. I actually dropped out of school my second year of college. I failed grade 11 and 12 English. Um, I am under the firm belief that if, you know, in the creative industry, uh, you know, if you want something badly enough, you'll teach yourself. And I was Mm -hmm. really committed. I was committed to teaching myself how to be a better writer over time. It could have took me two years, 10 years, a hundred years. I wanted this so badly that I was, I was committed to the craft. And I think most people don't stick to anything long enough to really, really master something. I've been writing for 10 years and I've, I've been patient with myself for 10 years Um, and I, you know, I launched my company 2017 and it's just been on the way up from there. But again, I think the biggest thing is just being patient with your journey. And I think a lot of times people today want things within 10 weeks, 10 months, they will not wait 10 years like I did. And I encourage everyone to just trust the timing of your life. Like I said before.
0: Wow, I love that, being able to trust and being patient. So what does that process look like, being patient? Because, I mean, we can say, oh, you know, just be patient, right? But Mm -hmm. how did that come up for you in the day-to-day of actually learning and teaching yourself and progressing along that journey that you were going on?
1: I think life is going to force you to be patient. (laughs) Like, there are going to be obstacles and challenges that come in your way that will halt some of the plans that you have mapped out for yourself. Um, I think that I, it's important to understand that the things that happen, uh, things are happening for you, not to you. All right. And some of the walls you may be up against, some of the mountains you need to climb, um, they're there for a reason because there's a lesson to be learned. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sometimes you will not get the opportunities. I mean, I've wanted to write for well-known business publications for years, but i wasn't ready I'm, and i'm glad that i did not get the opportunity when i wanted it because i wasn't ready i was not experienced. Um, i probably could have uh, refined my professionalism my interview etiquette right so i i trust that things happen when they're supposed to not a minute later um i also believe in the law of attraction and i believe that sometimes we don't we don't um we're not in our flow and we don't attract the things into our life because we haven't um uh written them down we haven't created a roadmap we haven't um uh, spoke these words into existence and so all of that plays a huge role in how the dots of your life connect and come together
0: oh I love that so when you were growing your agency which is called the writer's block did you use a lot of that process as you were growing it
1: yeah. So I think another thing is I don't suffer from analysis paralysis, which I think most people do like oh, yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I think that people have an appreciation. I know that when I am a fan or follower of her brand, I have an appreciation for watching it grow, mm-hmm. mature, refine itself over time. And so for me, I mean, I can take it, take it back to 2010 when I launched my first blog. Of course, it was the scariest thing. That was when blogging was so early on. That was the scariest thing I ever did. One of, my, one of the scariest things I've ever done. And I was like, you know what? If I get no followers, one follower, like I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because this is what lights me up. And so I hit publish and I started using it as an online diary. And, you know, for about a year, I might have had 13 followers each month or whatever the case may be. It wasn't a lot, but I was. it was something that I was proud of. And I want the audience to remember that like small things move the needle, you know, mm-hmm. and great things are simple. Those are two things that I have on my, um, on my whiteboard in my office that help me um, keep things in alignment and just realize what's most important. And if you read the origin stories of any executive, entertainer, um, artist, uh, founder, you realize that everyone starts at zero, just like you. Everyone starts at zero. And so, you know, none of us have magic superpowers, like everyone has to go through a process. And I think some people are just so eager that they want promotion without injuring the process, which is a necessary step.
0: Yeah, I can completely agree with that. And it's hard to realize that there's both the gas pedal and the brake. And a lot of the times people are just pushing as hard as they can on the gas pedal, but they're they get to be almost out of control or they don't really know where they're going. Whereas that break is really, really helpful to make sure that you get there safely and in you know, the right amount of time. So I love that. So tell me a little bit about what you do over there at the Writer's Block and the ghostwriting agency. So what does that entail? Like who have you worked with and how does that really come about? Because that whole industry is just a little bit of a mystery to me.
1: Right, so I think a lot of people are familiar with ghostwriting in the sense of the music industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Love like writing lyrics for songs. Um, I've I wanna say I'm one of few ghostwriters who've kind of popularized or branded um ghostwriting in the context of business. Mm-hmm. Right. So I help the world's leaders and doers turn their personal stories into brand assets. Right. We are in a landscape right now. We're in a world where, you know, silence is not an option for most people who have profiles uh, um, and, you know, sometimes they get in their head, they're afraid to lose their livelihoods, they're afraid of cancel culture, they need assistance navigating cultural, uh, societal and generational sensitivities, right? Mm-hmm. So it helps to have an aid, a ghostwriting support, who, who you can bounce ideas with, who you can speak freely and openly with, who you can, you know, put, you know, numbers on the scoreboard and just really figure out like, how can I, you know, my job is really to create a safe space. Decode ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And um, empower the people with influence to do just that. Because I think it's been really interesting to see the rise of celebrity obsessed culture and the influencer economy. And, um, you know, I before I even started the agency, the question that I had was, you know, what I would see people tweet or just do things that are really questionable. I would, I would ask myself, who's on their team? Like, who's mm-hmm. advising this individual? And I think when you have women in powerful positions, that's when you move the needle, the most important conversations. And so I really just had to figure out, like, my mission was to figure out how to get in these rooms and how to get a seat at the table um, and how to become a decision maker when it comes to telling the narratives of some of the, you know, important people. Um, I mean, I can't necessarily like name drop per se, um, but I've worked with really, I've worked with really incredible companies, um, um you know, audible, um, I've worked with um, many, uh, uh, music labels. So for for instance, um, you know, if someone has a script or if they're going on TV or they need speaking notes, right. Like I'll get called to help pen their, um, their notes. Um, a lot of the entertainers and celebrities that you've seen write in the New York times, the LA times, the wall street journal, I'll get calls for that too. And I'll, you know, provide them with support again, like you have to understand, like, Saying something, speaking out on a very important issue, writing something in a newspaper, even a simple tweet, that's a make or break moment in a lot of cases because mm-hmm. uh, the, everyone's very sensitive right now. So it's a lot of pressure in my position. I will say that like, I have to trust my gut in all cases. Um, and I have an incredible team, an incredible team of women. I have 11 writers and we lean on each other. We absolutely lean on each other. And it's a collective team effort for every project.
0: All right, we're going to get right back to this episode because it is so good, but I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you feel like you're doing all of the things in your business, hustling like crazy, and yet nothing seems to be moving you towards your goals? If so, it could be because you're focusing on the wrong thing and... Over the years, I totally felt that in my business as well. That's why I developed a set of questions that without fail would move me onto the right track every single time I use them. Now I want to share these questions with you. And what I've done is created this really simple and powerful quiz where you go, you answer these questions and it gives you exactly what you should be focusing on right now in order to move the needle and see growth in your creative biz. It works like gangbusters. And not only will you get the result of what you should be focusing on, but you're also gonna get this really detailed report with some in-depth strategies that you can use right away to start seeing progress. Now, I want you to go check it out. It's called the Focus Finder Quiz. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus. Go check it out today. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. It's going to make a huge difference. That's wellpaycreative.com forward slash focus. Okay, without further ado, let's head back to the interview. Oh, I love that. So how do you guys navigate that? Um, I want to say the pressure of, because a lot of us do work this very, very public, you know, we're working for companies and sometimes the mistakes that we make get compounded and translated into even bigger mistakes, either publicity errors or, you know, even just, you know, customer service mistakes. How do you, what do you guys do in your team to help mitigate that to make sure that either they don't happen in the first place, or if they do, you can correct the error quickly?
1: Absolutely. So before I work with any client, I try to make sure that we're aligned on our value system. You know, what are they, uh, Standing on their morals, their values, their belief system—what are they fighting for? What conversations would like to contribute to in a meaningful way? That's the first thing. Like we have a very thorough, you know, vetting system. Um, the other thing is we have a uh, an amazing research and analysis team, right? Um, and so I think that's really important. If you ask any prominent speechwriter who wrote for the Obamas or the Clintons or whomever. Like they, they, we will all tell you that research is absolutely critical. Um, And so, I have a designated team to properly vet clients, um, to properly go through if we are advising them on any level, whether it's through like they're going through uh, research links. We have, you know, we have, you know, different software that we use. Um, We're going through old tweets. Like we want to know the history of what this client has put on the on the internet. And so like, I really lean on my team um, for women. I really lean on them to advise the writers and support the writers in something. I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything uh, in terms of crisis communication. Sometimes it's as simple as a blog post, right? Anything that someone puts out, we want to make sure that we are fact-checking. We want to make sure that we are helping them put their best foot forward. Because because we, we don't get the credit, right? Like we're behind the scenes. It's their name that's going to be on it. And they, they're trusting us to advise them. And a lot of times we'll get a call when someone is already in hot water and have the course correct. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll get a call on, I want to stand up for this issue. Um, and I want to know like, what should my position be or how do I deliver the message in a way that's going to bring my online community together? Um, and not against me.
0: Oh, I love that. So a lot of it comes down to just being very sure about doing the preliminary steps and absolutely make sure that you're aligned with the people
1: and taking the, with. yeah, and taking the time to taking the time to do so and not skipping steps. Right. Again, we, like we spoke about before, like just trusting the process and not skipping steps. Um, and if I have a gut feeling that we shouldn't proceed, then we don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think all money is good money for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And even though I don't have the public credit and no one really knows my team is behind the project just morally, you know, I, I want to operate with integrity and my team trusts me to lead with that as well.
0: Oh, that's so inspiring. Now, speaking of inspiring, I want to talk about the new girl on the block. Tell me about this project and this initiative because it's just, it's so inspiring.
1: So new girl on the block is a mentorship program. And I like to say that I turn uh, distant dreams into noteworthy achievements um, I have mentored over 200 women in 11 countries in the last five years. And just like with the writer's block, I also have a betting system with uh, my mentorship program. Um, I would say that uh, mainly millennial women step forward. Um, they're either going through a quarter life crisis, they're a new graduate, um, they are, you know, building a new business, uh, trying to improve an existing one, um, or they're going through a corporate career change and they need someone to be a sounding board someone who has life experience, um, someone who is relatable, who's been through some stuff, you know, whether, you know, I've, I personally have been through, you know, mental health issues and, and different challenges, just being young, female, and Black. And so um, i created the program because I needed structure. You know, I've been, a, I've been a public figure. I've been public speaking for quite some time since like 2011. And so um, I've always had people in my DMs and in my texts and my emails ask me for guidance um based off the experiences that I share on stage or that I share in webinars and so I just needed to vet I needed to properly vet who was really hungry for the information that I was ready to share um, who was going to take it seriously and so um, creating structure has been like uh, uh, something that helps me with that process but also too like I just it makes me it makes me sad it breaks my heart when I just come across women who've never experienced the advantages that come along with a mentor Um, And, you know, some people may argue that mentorship is a privilege. However, my counter to that is that, you know, you can have mentors both dead and alive. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have mentors both in person or virtually. I don't think that we have to limit the term mentor to just in person, you know, one on one interactions. Um, You could have books mentor you, podcasts mentor you, right? Like, I just feel like curating a personal board of advisors, you know, maybe like three to five people who you feel like are... It could be various industries, various backgrounds, various education, but you trust their insight. I think that, you know, leaning on someone, whether they know you or not, is really critical. Um, I know in business, it's absolutely, you know, I think I had once read a report in Canada that like, you know, your survival rate in business as a female entrepreneur, it declines by 50% without an advisor, without a mentor. Mm. Um, and so I have seven mentors who've been with me for it seems like a lifetime, probably about a decade. Um, and it's been my saving grace. They've believed in me on days when I could barely believe in myself.
0: Absolutely. I can't agree more because that's has been the key to my own growth in my business, has been leaning on mentors. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned too, they don't have to be one on one paid mentors. It doesn't have to be an expensive business coaching program or anything like that. You can choose the people out there who are leading by example, who are putting out all of this amazing content and you can pick and choose. What would you say is kind of the top, I don't want to say personality characteristics, but almost like indications that someone is ready to be mentored and take that next step in their business?
1: someone who's coachable i look for my mentees like i only feed people who are hungry you Mm -hmm. have to be coachable you have to be open to feedback you have to be agile and flexible in your thinking right um i always tell my mentees take what's for you and leave the rest you know i might i might not be right on all things Mm -hmm. um so you're gonna i'm gonna trust you to use your discernment and your gut feeling but for the most part like i know what the hell i'm talking about (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) I'm I'm coming, I'm not coming from a textbook. I'm coming from experience. Experience, So, um, and if I don't know, I'm tapping the shoulder of someone in my network for sure. Um, I think, um, mentees who are just, who have exhausted all of their options. You know, I, I really prefer someone who can show me a portfolio. Someone who can show me what they've done to date, um, shows me their effort and, you know, shows me that, that tells me that, you know, I am the um, the thing, the person, um, the guidance that can take them to that next level. And then the third thing would probably be someone who, um, is, uh, who is willing and open to take risks because I'm going to make you do things that are uncomfortable. in my mentorship program, you know, when I meant every time I get on a call with a mentee where she's leaving with homework, like there's something to be done so that when you call me again, you can bring something to the table. So you have to prioritize, and you have to prioritize that we all have busy lives. So I'm not going to take that as an excuse either, right? But I'm going to help you move the needle in your life by providing you with an action plan. So the question that you asked me, the other thing is like someone who's willing to understand that learning is a lifelong process. And you know, something off the top that I do with all of my mentees is, you know, we do mindset work. Um, you know, we talk about um, you know what they envision for their life, how they define success. Um, I think the conversations that you have with yourself determine whether you win or lose. And a lot of people are having losing conversations. So before we even touch anything related to business um, or or their career, we talk about their goals. And I have a really vigorous um, goal setting process because a lot of people don't write down anything. They mm-hmm. can just keep it in their head. And I'm just like, how? You have to see it every single day. You have to speak it to existence every single day. You have to feel it. Like, you know, that's a vibration. You know what I mean? That's energy, you know? So I really encourage them to put pen to paper and we review them. And, you know, if, if their goals are vague, I make them do it again. And some, some people do it three and four times until we get it right.
0: Yes. And I can't agree more with that whole goal setting thing, because like you said, for years, I, it was all up here. And of Mm -hmm. course it never came into existence. I was never working towards it because it was just every once in a while I'd be like, Oh, right. I have that Goal. Maybe (laughs) I should do something towards it, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's important. And honestly, it also reminds you why you started, why, why the path you're you've chosen is important. You know, we all have days when we want to throw in the towel. You know, Mm -hmm. we all have days when we're tired, you know, exhausted. But when I revisit my goals and, you know, it reminds me how much of a big dreamer I am. And I really believe the world is built by dreamers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just, for me, it's like anything is possible, all the doors. And options are open and available to me. That's one of my affirmations. And um, I, I appreciate and I love the journey. It's not about the final destination, right? It's about the journey to getting there, the, the books that fly off the shelves, the people that you meet, the experiences that you have, the travels that you pursue, like all of that is those, all of those collective experiences, what make makes life so rich.
0: Absolutely. So. For someone who is maybe making moves towards creating their own business or, you know, advancing their business, what would be a key action step or two that they could take from this?
1: Um, complete a SWOT analysis. Mm. So SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Mm. I think that we need to do more of a self-assessment to see where we're at. Entrepreneurship requires skill and talent. I think people forget about that. Mm. And like, some people are just not good. Like I, in my mentorship program, like you know, there are times where I recognize that, like you know, I I just feel it in my gut that this person's not going to be able to get their business off the ground. Um, and it's not it's not to say that's a forever statement, but they just have some some everyday skills they need to refine. Yeah, Could be skills can assembly. be
0: acquired, right? That's yeah, actually, absolutely,
1: absolutely, acquired. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing, so I would say spot analysis, do a self assessment, right? And the second thing I would say is before you jump into business, maybe do some informational interviews, you know, like reach out to people in your industry on LinkedIn or social media or ask, tap into your network um, and just like schedule 20 minutes with, some, with a founder. Or it, it, if you're not striving to be a founder, maybe you're like a, a marketer or a writer, schedule some time. People will, people will gladly tell you about their experiences and make an educated decision if this is the right path for you. Right. Just, you know, uh, their experiences may not be your experiences, but at least it gives you, it equips you with some information and insight so you know how to proceed.
0: Yeah. And so you're not going in blind, right? right? Making assumptions that turn out to be incorrect down the road. Exactly. Oh, I love that. So I love asking everybody this question, and the responses are so varied. It's so entertaining. Do you have a hobby or creative activity that, do, that you do on the side just for yourself?
1: I think it's very important to, to, uh, to have hobbies. And many of my girlfriends who are founders don't. Um, I love the game of chess. Uh, I, I enjoy swimming. And um, I work out three times a week. Oh, nice. <laughs> love that. yeah,
0: Pollyanna, this was just a fantastic conversation. I am so excited to promote this to everybody. If you're listening right now, and if you're checking out the show notes, we're going to link down below to all of Pollyanna's links, uh, New Girl on the Block, The Writer's Block, and all of her social media profiles. So you can go check her out. Um, Tell her I sent you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so
1: much for being on the podcast. (laughs) I had a great time. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.